This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I'm anything but some aquatic business guru, or just a business guru in general. Yet for some reason, a lot of people in the aquarium industry reach out to me with questions about how to start or innovate their aquatic businesses online or brick and mortar. I find this really, you know, flattering and humbly accept, you know, the the nice accolades and, uh, um, you know, pats on the back I receive. And I'm, I'm always happy to help others when I can. That being said, I find it astounding that I, the guy who sells twigs and nuts for a living, is seen as some sort of a resource for people, for aquatics business knowledge. There's people probably way better at it than I am and way more experienced for sure. But, you know, uh, it's important to play our role whenever we can. And just recently, I received an email from a fellow aquatics industry vendor uh, who operates, by the way, in a completely different sector of the industry than I do. But he was just worried sick about some newcomer who arrived in his little niche. And he raised questions which I find to be surprisingly common in a lot of industries. Yeah, they're not unique to our you know, wet and stinky aquatic business, but which I'm asked a lot by aquatic industry people. Most of them concern what to do when the other guys arrive on the scene. Personally, I think we make way too big a deal about this, but nonetheless, it comes, often, it comes up often enough in correspondence and inquiries that I should address it on a podcast or a blog. So lucky you, uh, as usual, this sort of... Uh, answer sort of requires me to look into my own attitudes and experiences to sort of give context to it. And it makes me think back to when I first started Tannin in 2015. It's a far cry from the cranking coral propagation business, which I sold my interest in when I pushed out to start Tannin. That scene was happening. It was jumping. It was alive. It was trendy. It was cool. It was hip. It was vibrant and a lot going on. And the botanical style aquarium scene well, there was no scene. It was just crickets. That was completely uncharted territory. The word botanical, I've talked about this before, now is pretty much the accepted standard descriptor for all this stuff that we toss in our tanks, simply didn't even exist in this context at the time. So we started by appropriating that term and using it to give context to the lawn trash and stuff that we worked with. That was a good start. That term still sticks to this day and it's used widely in our little hobby niche. So off we went, we were on. We got really busy sort of scratching our own itch, creating a business around a problem that I had, which was not being able to, you know, find a reliable source to get all this cool natural materials, leaves and twigs and stuff for aquariums. And what to do? I turned to what's known as bricolage. You're like, huh, what? Bricolage, it's a, it's a term used to describe the process of using whatever tools and processes are immediately available. Now, this concept is most immediately familiar to fine artists, and it sort of implies a combination of practicality and craftsmanship. As a botanical-style aquarium lover, you know, uh, like you, I've learned to engage in this process almost from the get-go. Yet we're all bricoleurs, hobbyists who create using whatever is available to us. We're a lot luckier now. Obtaining botanical materials is easier than ever because there's multiple vendors and online resources that simply didn't exist all that long ago. At least, we, you know, now we, instead of just picking up a random twig off the ground, you can at least identify what it is and maybe find somebody that's used it before. 
For many years, there wasn't a consolidated source of botanical materials and information uh, when it came to aquariums. So we as creative hobbyists had to research, procure, and test these things for ourselves. It was a bit of a challenge, yet I used my skills as a bricoleur, someone who makes use of whatever is available, to get this whole thing off the ground. As a startup business, Tannen was able to immediately address the problem that I had. And having worked in the coral propagation and importation business for several years, I got a pretty good start at sourcing stuff from exotic places around the world. I kind of knew how the game was played. Although it took some time and travel and a little bit of money, I was able to build upon uh, what I had and build up this trusted supplier network of botanicals surprisingly quickly. Of course, if I actually wanted to make a living at this, I also had to find all of you other crazy hobbyists who were into this sort of shit. And I had to educate those who weren't and dispel a lot of myths and misunderstandings and outright lies about these types of aquariums in the process. I had to educate people. So we had to procure stuff, test it, utilize it, share our experience, develop technique, refine it, and figure out a way to effectively market it and offer it to the hobby. In short, we had to do everything from scratch. Bricolage. This was not only rather difficult, it was also one of the most enjoyable things that I've ever done in business. Yeah, really. And we have made a bit of a difference, and I'd like to think that we still are. At the very least, it's not much of a challenge for us hobbyists to get into these types of tanks and learn about the wild habitats, grab some botanicals, and to find out more about them anymore. On the other hand, it's still a bit of a challenge for the consumer when you think about it. Why? Well, a lot of the vendors, other vendors besides Tannin, have arrived on the scene, so they're offering more places for hobbyists to do business with, and with more choices comes more decisions, more con- you know, considerations, and friction for hobbyists. What makes one source better than the others? I mean, a leaf's a leaf, right? Well, not necessarily. Quality is apparent, but there's more to it, of course. So here's the meat of my answer for this guy, and hopefully for some other people who worry about it. Yeah, with more interest, more vendors, and more hype about botanical-style aquariums in general, there is a lot more noise, meaning a lot more BS to filter through, a constant lack of information, with the very few exceptions, and not a large body of recent first-hand experience with botanical-style tanks for newbies to draw upon. So we developed a community. What's happened in our sector is that enterprising hobbyists and those who had a business uh, outlook decided that, hey, this is an easy way to make a few bucks. I can acquire some leaves. I can acquire some twigs. I can do whatever. I can find some stuff used in other industries and appropriate it for Corium use. And I'm going to run a business. Uh, Now, which this is enterprising and admirable to some extent, but it's really short-sighted in others because the emphasis is just on selling stuff. So... The first thing I tell people when they're worried about, you know, other people coming into their sector is if you really, really want to pay attention to it, look at the person that you're, you know, you're competing against. What are they doing that you're not? Are they just selling the same thing? Are they selling the same thing at a cheaper price? Do they have more of it? Are they giving it some stupid name? Do they have some better, you know, way of getting it to the consumer than you? What are they doing that you're not? Chances are you're going to find that if you're pretty good and pretty uh, well-established in your marketplace, it's probably because people like you and the way you're doing business. And that's important. Look at what you do and look at ways to improve it. Now, lest you see this as some sort of jealous rant by a vendor who doesn't want any competitors, you're missing the whole point. My business sense, if you will, always sees you know the, the arrival of new competitors on the scene as a sort of opportunity. Yeah. And an opportunity to improve what I do and to get better and further distinguished Tannen from erstwhile competitors in the process without stressing out about them. Yeah, I can't waste mental capital worrying about the latest leaf vendor that shows up. There's guys that were selling them long before I arrived on the scene and there'll be more of them long after I retire. To be perfectly honest, I really don't care about other businesses that sell botanicals. Seriously, none of them are a perceived threat to me. Really? Yes. 
I'm too busy trying to be a threat to myself. I literally spend more time trying to put myself out of business than I do worrying about some eBay startup selling seed pods or leaves and threatening mine. I spend a lot of time looking at what I feel are weaknesses in our business, you know, from a product, customer service, branding, and information and distribution standpoint. I have enough to worry about without thinking about the latest leaf vendor out there. And I think this is a takeaway for all of you. This is something that those of you in the aquatic business need to think about more. If you're good enough, you'll get yours. If you suck, you'll lose, period. Don't suck. I have friends in various segments of the aquarium industry who simply freak the fuck out every time a new guy comes in the game. And this, in my opinion, is an absurd waste of time and energy. Just don't do that. The reality is that, A, if you're good enough, you'll always find and keep new customers. And B, it's incumbent upon you to constantly tweak and improve your business to take care of them. And C, there's always stuff you can do to innovate, refresh, and maintain your market share. Quite honestly, in my little sector, I see the fact that there's new business arriving as a scene as proof that we have a good market with enough interest to sustain multiple businesses. Like, it's a real validation. And it's an opportunity to improve my business, not as a response to a threat, but as an evolution necessitated by change in the market, i.e. more homogenized vendors, more people doing the same thing. And you do have plenty of options, even in a crowded market with insurgent newcomers, right? Yeah, you can always do one of these seven things. Number one, you can go about making your business the best that it can be, innovating and pushing forward while building your community and your brand, keeping your head down and push forward. Sure, have some awareness of what's going on, but don't drive yourself nuts. Number two, you can reach out to the new guys and forge some sort of strategic partnership of some sort. Hey, you know, you're really good at selling, you know, twigs and I'm really good at selling leaves. Let's see if we can work together or whatever. Three, you can pivot to some new niche or specialty within the industry or within your little sector. Sometimes this is a challenge or it's a blessing. Sometimes you're forced to do it and that's not always a bad thing. Number four, You can vow to be the meanest guy around and simply figure out ways to destroy the competition via price cuts, better distribution, giveaways, or whatever, you know, aggressive tactics soothe your ego. Now I admit, like everybody else, I'm a little competitive. When I see a new person come on the scene, I'm like, okay, bring it, dude. And there's a certain, you know, primitive behavior in me that comes out and says, I'm going to destroy this guy. But that's not my focus. I'm not worried about them. I'm just doing the best I can. And I know that when I do my best, it's going to be awful hard for somebody to, to... you know, take me down unless they're doing their best and their best better be better than my best. That's the way business works. Number five, you can simply buy out your emerging competitors. Yeah, just throw cash at them. Peace out, bitches. Here, here's my money. That's one way to do it. Six, you can welcome the new guys and challenge them to contribute to the community that you've helped build and serve. You'd be surprised how well this can work. The good guys will jump on this and it'll make terrific friends working together to grow the sector that you operate in, resulting in better business for everyone, including the consumers. The losers, and there are plenty of them out there, will just continue to sell stuff and offer a little more, ultimately commoditizing and devaluing their product and self-limiting themselves from relevancy in the process. That has happened to almost everyone that's come into the sector since we started. They, they don't get it, and I have to sit and laugh because what they do is they're concentrating on sales, not branding, not assisting a customer, not developing a community. They take a short-term approach. If you take a patient, long-term approach, you'll almost always win if you can sustain it. Number seven, this is the worst of all. You can get angry, grab your toys, and just leave the metaphorical sandbox. Pack it in, fold like a cheap chair, just quit. Obviously, these recommendations cover sort of the full gamut, and you're likely to do one of them or some combination of them in a manner that suits you. I personally hate recommendation number seven, but a lot of people do select that option. They're just like, I can't deal with this. 
The reality is that you simply need to worry about your business and obsess over what you do. Although I do admit I occasionally glance over the shoulder to see what's up in my sector, I'd be foolish not to do that once in a while. You have to at least be aware of stuff. An ongoing sort of rule of thumb that we have here at Tannen is that if we see a competitors starting to do something similar to what we do or trying to copy some of what we do, that's a really good time to stop doing it. And funnily, oftentimes when we simply stop doing it for our own reasons, we coincidentally find that the competition just started doing it. Want an example? Uh, remember uh, those of you that are old time Tannen customers, a few years back we had like 15 different variety packs, each with different botanicals. It was maddening. You know, developing recipes for each one, maintaining appropriate inventories of botanicals for them, and generally keeping up. Plus, we learned from market feedback that our customers preferred making up their own quantities of these things. They'd rather have recommendations and, on what to use in a pack representing a given region or whatever, and the freedom to select from the whole range of stuff in the quantities that they needed rather than our set pack with, you know, three of this or four of that. So, so what we called curated themes arose. So we killed the variety packs in 2018, and good riddance indeed. And hilariously, almost every time a new competitor comes on the scene, they offer variety packs of botanicals. And I wonder, just for a second, how long they're going to be able to sustain that while growing their business and keeping their sanity? Maybe they can. I know that we can't, and our customers and my staff are delighted for that. Besides, we have a super popular Enigma pack, which, as you know, if you want us to curate, we'll do it for you. Bricolage, working with what you've got constant, relentless effort to innovate, craft, work with what you got to improve and drive your business forward, regardless of what the competition is trying to do. Don't listen to the accolades. Don't get taken down by the criticisms. Just march to your own drummer. Work with what you've got. Move forward in a manner that works for you. If you've got something people want, the market will decide and you'll win. If you, if you don't, well, you still have options, right? So that's today's slightly long-winded answer to a very oft-asked aquatic business question. I got to run now. I've got some new products I have to attend to, but don't stress out over this stuff. Enjoy the process. If you're thinking of starting an aquatics business, even if you're thinking of selling botanicals, I don't care. Do it well. Distinguish yourself differently. There's always room to improve. Uh, you know, I don't get upset when I see people, for example, using the names that we've come up with these products because we didn't invent them. We're using the scientific names of many of the botanicals we use. And I see other vendors doing that now instead of coming up with stupid names for them. So in a way, that's my gift to everybody else. We've helped elevate this a little bit more and everybody wins that way. And I think people are getting it. There's people in other industries. I saw this in the coral industry. I see it in so many industries. It's not worth stressing out over. It's not worth getting worried about competition. Competition is healthy. It's important. It's vital. It's what keeps things moving forward. And you've got to keep moving forward. Don't stress out over this stuff. Enjoy the process. Stay innovative. Stay unabashed. Stay unique. Stay diligent. Stay creative. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.